Welcome to the Healthy, Wealthy, and Smart Podcast. Each week, we interview the best and brightest in physical therapy, wellness, and entrepreneurship. We give you cutting-edge information you need to live your best life, healthy, wealthy, and smart. The information in this podcast is for entertainment purposes only and should not be used as personalized medical advice. And now, here's your host, Dr. Karen Litzy. Hey, everybody. Welcome back to the podcast. Thank you for tuning in and subscribing and downloading, and I really appreciate it. And on today's episode, I was so happy to be joined by co-host Sandy Hilton. And not only did she join us for the podcast, meaning she actually did most of the podcast and I was just kind of hanging around, um, she is also here for the intro. So Sandy, welcome back. Hey, hey Karen. It's always fun. So this was basically a wrap-up of the San Diego Pain Summit and a little bit of background. This was kind of a spur-of-the-moment thing. Sandy and I were supposed to co-host a formal podcast on Thursday night, but a huge snowstorm in New York City delayed, so I did not get there until Friday night, and this was done Saturday night after the end of the conference. Right. We got the back-end view and got to hear what everyone thought. Yeah, which was which was great, and and I'm sure as people listen to it, they'll definitely hear sort of one of the recurring themes, and that was the thing that people liked the most were the people, yes. the camaraderie, the people, uh, the people they meet, the instructors, Rajam, who is the uh, at the helm over there at the San Diego Pain Summit for the last three years, and has just done an amazing job. Um, and that's what people like the most. Right. It's, a, it's an intimate conference of uh, time to talk to each other and really good one-on-one time with all of the presenters. And, yeah, and I think that's important. You know, you have this smaller conference that's bringing in huge people um, in the fields of pain science and psychology and medicine and physiotherapy and massage and chiropractic and did I miss people? Do nursing. Nursing and occupational therapists. Occupational therapists. And exercise. Oh yeah, ex- exercise. So personal trainers, athletic trainers. Um, and it was, and I think that's what really makes the conference kind of special is, is that interdisciplinary and international flair. Yes, definitely. And so at the end of the day on Saturday, Sandy uh, went into the crowd and asked everyone what they like about the San Diego Pain Summit, what resonated with them over the last couple of days, and the answers, aside from everyone saying they love the people, the, the things that resonated with people were, were completely different, and I think that was a lot of fun. I think you get a really good view of what people not only come to conferences looking for, but what they take away from it. And I love the variety. I like the, the conversations that you end up having that just let you get a little insight into people and how they look at treatment. Um, it's, a nice, it's a nice perspective and a different point of view. Yeah, I, I agree. And what, um, so what was your favorite part of the San Diego Pain Summit this year? My favorite part, Peter O'Sullivan's talks were fantastic. Uh, Beth Darnell, I get her name correct. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, um, 
and the opportunity to sit and talk to people. As you said, the international and interdisciplinary flair, I really appreciate an ability to look outside of my typical view and really get a, a perspective I would not otherwise have. Yeah, totally. And I, unfortunately, I missed Peter O'Sullivan and Beth Darnell because I missed that first day. Um, but I, what I, the talk that I really enjoyed was Ben Cormack's talk. I had never heard him speak before. And I felt that his talk was really applicable to what I do on a day-to-day -day basis. So I thought that was great. Um, and he's entertaining. Yes. He is entertaining. Just don't come at him with tomatoes or ask to share. Yeah, he's not a sharer. Not a sharer. I forgot about that. When I saw him in London, I should have been like, did you just want to split a salad? <laughs> oh, next time. Next time. Darn it. Um, yeah, and, and I think what I also like about the summit is that it's a little more casual. Yeah, and you'll get a real feel for that listening to this. Uh, mm -hmm, for sure. And then what you'll also get in listening to this is you'll hear the background noise of the conference just keeps getting louder and louder as the interviews go on because the night kept getting later and later, um, which is, you know, typical San Diego pain summit. That's right. Very typical. Great people, lots of good conversations. Aaron swept the ping pong table championship this year. I did. Can't wait for next year to see who can take it. I, my bets, my money's on Neil O'Connell. Yeah, see a, a, a table tennis pro? I don't know. I just feel like he is. I don't know him that well outside of the course that I took with at uh, Entropy last year, but I just have a feeling he's like a ping pong guy. He is a headstand guy. If you want to have a headstand competition, I would say don't just put your money on him. Yeah. Yeah. That was actually pretty good. So that, which brings us into uh, one more thing I want to talk about and that's the San Diego pain summit in 2018. Yes. So if people want more information, they can go to San Diego pain summit.com and the keynote speaker next year is Neil O'Connell. And yeah. And some of the other speakers include Sandy Hilton, Carolyn Van Dyken, Sarah Haig. Um, I feel like Beth Darnell is speaking again, but I'm not 100% sure. I think so. Greg Lehman's coming back. Greg Lehman's coming back. Yeah. Yeah. It's a good lineup. So if you're on the fence and you're not sure if it's right for you, I'm just going to say it probably is. I think so. And I think anyone who treats people of any age um, that are in pain, and it, it's not body part dependent or discipline dependent. It's a conversation about how to treat humans. Yeah. And I think if you're working in the medical profession, odds are you're going to come across someone in pain at some point. And oh. so I think it's probably a good idea to head out to San Diego. Plus it's in February. So for us East Coasters and Northerners, it's a nice break for the weather. Um, and this year, it doesn't piggyback right on top of uh, CSM, which is also nice. Yeah. <clears throat> so, yeah. All right. So, I hope you all enjoy uh, this episode. Uh, it's, like I said, mainly Sandy asking the tough questions and me riding along on the coattails asking, like, the softball questions. But 
it was a lot of fun. I loved listening to it. And it just, I think it's a great way for people to get a good insight into what happens at the summit. A little buffet table of the San Diego Pain Summit. Perfect. Absolutely. All right. So everybody, uh, Sandy, thank you for, for um, helping and, and really leading the charge here. I really appreciate it. Thanks for the opportunity, Karen. It's always fun. And everyone else, thank you so much for listening. And I just know you're going to absolutely love it. So thanks. Thanks so much. Hi, this is Sandy Hilton and Karen Litzy and I are live after the San Diego Pain Summit to get some ideas about how people thought about the summit, how they might use it in their life at work or what a fantastic opportunity it was to speak at the summit. So I'll start with Ben Cormack. Ben. So uh, from my perspective, uh, uh, the best thing for me uh, about the summit, apart from the great information, was uh, some of the wonderful people that I got to meet and some of the wonderful conversations um, that I got to have. That was uh, really fantastic. But as well as that, um, there was some really kind of cutting edge information and stuff that, you know, really blew me away. I think um, you're in the right room when you're definitely not the smartest person in the room. And uh, I think that's the, how, it, uh, how I felt about that today. All right, thanks, Ben. We're we're just going to pass this around like like the fire that we are sitting at. Then I'm sorry, none of you can feel the warmth. Could you tell me who you are and what you liked about this? I can. Um, I'm Lysanthia, so uh, this is my first time at the summit. And the thing that I really gained from the workshops, from the speakers, from the conversations that I had was going home and being reflective about the things that I don't do so well. So that maybe I should read a little more. Uh, research with a critical mind rather than looking at what I do every day and just doing it in the same way. So uh, I, th I think taking, reflecting and uh, doing things just a little bit better, sharing that with everyone that I've met here and uh, being a bit more active in the community will be uh, a reason for other people to come next year as well and support this. Uh, there's so a bunch Jamie, of that I up. Jamie <laughs> tell us a little bit about where, who you are and where you're from and what it is you like about the San Diego Pain Summit. Uh, I'm a massage therapist from Victoria, British Columbia. Uh, I would say the thing that I liked about the summit most is meeting all these people who have these huge uh, profiles and things online to find out that they're just humble, awesome people that are willing to, to share their knowledge and things with people and they're very approachable and, and very presentable to be able to just walk up and talk to. And the times between talks when we're standing outside having great conversations. Totally, totally. And it's, uh, yeah, like I, like I said, like they, they, they appear to be so big online uh, and they're just so approachable and, and humble and, and they're just like you and me, but they just have a bit more knowledge about some different things. Very cool. Do you think it would be hard for someone that had never come to this conference to strike up those conversations? Uh, as long as they're willing to do it, then it shouldn't be hard. Pretty yeah. approachable. Yeah, everybody was very approachable. Cool. All right, thanks. No problem. Okay, we're going to stick with the Canadian theme. Oh, gosh. Uh, okay. come, come introduce yourself. Tell us who you are and my what you like about this or what you don't like about this, not to bias you. Uh, so my name is Eric Purvis. I'm a massage therapist in Victoria, B.C. Um, there's nothing I don't like about the San Diego Pain Summit. Uh, this is probably the highlight of my year. Excellent. Every year, we've been coming three years in a row. Um, and definitely uh, the takeaway is it's confirmed all of my uh, biases, which is I'm okay with. <laughs> I like a confirmation bias with a good cup of coffee is, yeah. is nice, cozy. 
very cozy. It, it's good, you know. And every year you learn a little bit of something that uh, you know things that you're unsure of or things that you've 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 learned over the years, and it's just it, it's reinforced more and more that we're doing the right thing and we're doing better work than kind of heading in the right direction. Yeah. Was there a particular speaker that you thought said something you didn't expect or that you didn't know of before you came here? Yeah, the one thing that actually that really I thought was amazing was Melissa Farmer's um, presentation where um, they did the research where they found that uh, chronic pain is actually an emotional memory uh, maintained by the limbic system, which I never thought of before, but it makes total sense. So cool. And yeah. nice to have the researchers here presenting their information. Yeah, and, and actually and be able to have hard science that kind of reiterates the stuff that we kind of know intuitively or that makes sense and but actually have like hard science to back that up I thought was fantastic very cool would you recommend people show up next year yes I think everybody should come um, and we are gonna work very hard to try and get as many people here uh, as we can and I think this year we brought 10 people nice. from our little neck of the woods and I think t next year we would like to double it Double or triple that. Double for sure. it. All right. So I'm going to scoot over here since since we heard the the mystery voice in the background. Hi, I'm Richard McAmoyle. Uh, I'm a chiropractor from Victoria, BC. And what's the question again? <laughs> what did you like the most about this, or what? Um, Why did you I, come? I have to say my favorite thing about the whole summit is the camaraderie and the ability to unpack what's gone on in the talks afterwards, talking through it with other clinicians and other, uh, even talking to the researchers afterwards and, and picking their brains. Um, I really enjoy talking to really smart people, people who are smarter than me, and I can ask them questions to try to help make myself smarter about what I do. That's nice, and having my perspective is it's really lovely that this is an interdisciplinary conference. Yes. Because it takes all of us working together to Absolutely. help people. If we don't get everybody on board, the stories still get told that confuse the patients, and it doesn't help the patients. It makes it confounding to them. So, yeah, it's part right. of what we work on in our clinic is having everybody in our clinic on board massage, physio, acupuncture, Cairo, all telling the same story so the patient gets a cohesive story about what's going on with them that can help them move forward and get better. Oh, very cool. It can't get much better than that. Right, thank you. <laughs> thank you. It's not all guys at the conference. Who are you? <laughs> I'm you Laura live? Dunkley. I'm a registered massage therapist from Vancouver, British Columbia, Canada. And <laughs> so my, my question for you is, is this your first time? No, it's yeah. my, I went to the first one. I really wanted to go to the second, but couldn't afford it. Yeah. Really thrilled to be able to make it this time. So what is it that draws you all the way down to this conference? Oh, it's a gathering of all the clinicians that I admire most in the world. That They all end up here. I mean, not everybody, but... A very large, a nice sampling. Yes, very much. And it's been great to be able to talk to them and drink with them, and pick their brains. Excellent. Did you get any of the hot tub or ping pong table action? Oh, in? definitely. Yeah. Very good. It's no, not been warm, but yeah. but it is one of the one of the things that I hear a lot of people saying is that the time between the classes, the time between yeah. to talk, there's a two hours for lunch and some time between each session. We've been bonding. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> but and also to get to answer those questions, um, a problem I have in conferences is I'm slow coming up with my questions. So there's that question and answer time right after a talk, and two hours later, I think of what I want to ask. 
Yeah, um, I have the same issue. This this conference lets you do that. You can walk up to them the next day at lunch or, or break two hours later and say, so. Yeah, I have a casual conversation over drinks, and mm-hmm. so there's less pressure to speak in front of the audience. All, all good. Great. So would you recommend it for someone who comes? Absolutely, yeah. Uh, great. All right. Thanks a lot. Okay, so, so, so why don't you tell us your name and where you work and what you thought about the conference. Hey, thanks, Sandy. Uh, I'm Jason Silvernail. I'm a physical therapist, and uh, this is my third uh, year here at the San Diego Pain Summit. This is one of my favorite um, places to go for great information. I love how small and intimate the community is. Uh, Some of the people who are thinking the hardest about changing what we do and helping our patients come to this conference and don't always go other places and it it just allows me to connect with a very thoughtful group of people uh, from across different professions who are trying to build better things uh, for our patients our clients and to and to help move medicine and therapy and and training in a positive way and so um, this is just one of my favorite places to be is there anything in particular this time that you you think you'd hear that you did or that you really liked that's great you know i I came and I did Peter O'Sullivan's two-day cognitive functional therapy workshop, mm-hmm. and there were there were just a million, like aha moments for me. But one of my biggest takeaways that you know, even as a pretty senior clinician, is that I don't, I don't do enough of a good job peeling back the layers of my patient's story to find out what's really important to them and why they believe what they believe about something that's important to them to okay, find cool. out how I can better help them. And that's something I need to do a better job of, and I can't wait to get in the clinic cool. and start applying it. Excellent. All right. Thanks very much. Uh, I'm Jonathan Fass. I'm an outpatient physical therapist outside of Philly. I'm Marianne Keen. I'm a personal trainer, and I'm also outside Philly. Okay. And we should note that they're married. Right. <laughs> yes. So we have a couple of husbands and wives this year at San Diego Pain Summit. So. What was your biggest takeaway from this the summit or if you did any of the pre-conference courses? Well, Marianne and I were just talking about just how much fun we had. How, what a wonderful, inviting, warm group it was. Um, wonderful discourse, wonderful conversations about clinical problems and, and scientific problems and really just... Um, uh, just a wonderful room to be in to to learn together to share together it was it was one of the better conferences i've ever been to and and it was easily so um and the 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 amount of of information from you know spanning all kinds of of realms in pain science and and with patients that are suffering from pain conditions i mean it was it was it if you didn't have 20 aha moments in this weekend you must have been asleep it was it was fantastic I think for me, I would say the most valuable takeaway is just the, the, well, almost like the value of the the patient interview or the person that's in front of you, no matter whether you're a therapist or physical therapist or a personal trainer, and it's how you get information, them to see the the value of um, basically what they're doing and and how important that they are in that process. That it's this coactive relationship and how the interview skills are so important with that and I think that that made my heart sing because that's a lot of what I do in my coaching and so that was hugely valuable I think just to have a lot more ears hearing that 
I'm going to say that she may be biased because that was my topic to to discuss. <laughs> so there may be some bias there, but thank you, honey. I appreciate the uh, support. You're welcome. <laughs> and Jonathan, did you have? You know, you said there were 20 aha moments. Was there yeah. one super aha moment for you? A super aha moment. Actually, there there was a wonderful presentation from Jeff Mogul, and he uh, he's a researcher in uh, at McGill in Canada, and he was actually talking about the the science where where they do these studies these basic science studies on rats and what was amazing to me is we will tend to say okay well this was a a rat study i can't really use this i i, I treat humans this sort of idea and what he pointed out and what is completely contradictory to what you would just normally assume is when it comes to pain the, there's so much importance to the the psychosocial aspects of how we experience pain, the social experience of pain, the psychological experience of pain. So the assumption is that biology, rats are great, you know, a great subject to use. So they they perform pharmacological studies on rats, and the bio would make sense. But the psychosocial, obviously, that'll be different. And in fact, his argument is that it's the reverse. That that um, studies that are performed on rodents and mice, rats, there are a number of problems that are are in the, that type of research. But how mice and rats socially. Um, act under stress, under pain, that's exactly like us. So if anything, we should be paying more attention to that research as clinicians, as people that practice, and not less. And I thought that was, his, his presentation was beautiful. It was well well discussed, well argued, and it was it was quite fascinating. Nick Tuminello, owner of Performance University, um, written a couple books, Strength Chamber Fat Loss, Building Muscle and Performance, NSCA Personal Trainer of the Year, 2016. Wow. Um, Right. I would say well, I appreciate it. Um, I would say my biggest takeaway is broader than any specific technique, and I think this is it speaks to much of what was going on with the conference. Is that you have to be a little bit more client-centered for a trainer, or patient-centered for a rehabilitation specialist, and that involves asking more questions and and paying attention to the answers. And all of the answers are more in front of you if you genuinely listen and adapt based off of that. And also to understand that there's a lot more to take a takeaway from Ben Cormack, that there's a lot more to exercise than just the physiological mechanics aspect of it, uh, of just looking better or gaining muscle or being able to lift more weight. Those are all fantastic goals to have. But there are more therapeutic and psychological benefits to exercise. So uh, those should be considered, and I would say they're probably certainly underappreciated. And, and I'm, I'm someone who's certainly underappreciated them until someone like Ben says that. And you go, oh, yeah, that's, that's true. It's a great point. That's something that we need to consider, keep thinking about and, and looking at and, and utilizing and appreciating. And how are you going to translate that over into your daily life with your clients? Yeah, it's a great question because everything really does have a practical implication. So I would say there's something that I've already been doing and it lets me know maybe I need to do a little bit more of or factor it in in different ways. So in order to try to make things a little bit more enjoyable, uh, again, it has to be with the type of client, right? If it's a performance athlete, they're there to you know train for performance. But general fitness and want to keep it, you know, keep things fun. What I like to do now is I like to ask them, maybe 10 minutes left in the session, what would you like to do? You know, do you want to hit certain muscle groups? Do you want to, you know, I'll pick the exercises, but you and give them a little bit more autonomy, a little more control, and it feels like we're doing something together. Um, but I don't do that all the time. 
and even with other athletes and other people that I don't ask that about, maybe there are other ways I can try to incorporate games and things. And also I would probably say, um, Ben said something else really interesting about exercises. What delineates exercises is rules. One has this rule, one has that rule. But, but general movement has no rules uh, when you're talking about lighter loads and things. So maybe incorporate uh, maybe circuits that are more about freedom of movement and less rules and more task-oriented type things. I think I could do a, good, a better job of incorporating things like that um, into workouts. And again, there's something to be good taking for everything. If you're squatting a lot of weight on your back, then I think you want to have some rules. But maybe if it's um, more body weight oriented movement or less load, then maybe you can free it up a little bit, you know, and make it task oriented. Yeah, and isn't it refreshing to hear that even the 2016 trainer of the year is still open-minded enough to be able to change your thought process and, and perhaps change your training based on what you learned. So I think that's a, for me, I think that's a great takeaway because oftentimes people would think someone in your shoes would be like, what does he need to improve upon? Well, I, I appreciate you saying that, but yeah, I mean, I'm, we're all a work in progress, right? Um, and uh, we're, you have to be a student first. And, and it's, if you're interesting, if you're interested about your clients, you're always interested in learning, and you can't close the door on things. And I would just say it's important to understand. We tend to put things in boxes, either good or bad. But we have like a good for what, or or maybe bad for what, or where where it might it best fit within a session. Right, so I look at it. Yeah, it might not be good for lifting heavy loads, but it might be good for this aspect of things. Like, so how could it be? How could they be used together? And often we look at things. Sometimes the barrier to that education, to not changing our training, is we tend to have one model that we look at and go, well, this doesn't fit. This contradicts my dogma, so therefore it's out. Versus looking at things as mutually complementary versus mutually contradictory. Right. Um, and that's how I look at all these techniques. And then how do I fit that into what I'm currently doing, not try to just change everything that I'm doing. Hi, Bronnie, before you scoot off, can you tell us what you think about the San Diego Pain Summit? And did you get anything in particular this year from being here? Hmm. Well, apart from the cold <laughs> that I have, but no, um, it's always lovely coming here. There's, it's like family. It's like this really neat family thing. And we all talk about pain talk and geek out, and it's brilliant for that. Um, what's the most the thing I've got the most? Um, I think the emphasis on making things real with clients that we don't do abstract stuff, we don't do exercise, we we do things that matter to people, and yeah. that's the big thing for me. That we don't just make it um, technical. We just say what's real life and how can we make it real for people. And that is a good thing. Very nice. Thank you. Hi, my name is Brooke Buzzy, and I'm a certified rolfer. And I'm going to be working at the Oregon Health and Science University, um, working with the Comprehensive Pains, um, Pain Center. And what I got out of this weekend was that I have a beautiful community to um, to talk with and to be able to to have a relationship with and to help me understand my work more. I think that's great. It gave me chills, actually. <laughs> and what is there any one of the talks that really resonated with you? Um, Peter O'Sullivan's, definitely. Um, the, the pelvic floor. 
the pelvic floor um, with, with Carol, Carol was awesome. Yeah, yeah, it was one of my favorites. Yeah, I agree. I agree. I enjoyed that. I I don't treat that population. But every time I hear someone like Carolyn speak, I'm always like, man, I got to start working with this population more, mm-hmm. you know? Mm-hmm. And I think that's a big, that was a big takeaway for me as well. Well, that's working with the whole body. It's working with the, the whole body in this like very holistic way. And to just kind of like try to like cross out that area that you work is like impossible. Yeah. If you want to look at like the whole client-centered approach to things, so... Yeah, that's true. Everybody, mo- most people have a pelvis, regardless of your. Most man- people do. Most people have a do. Pelvis. They tend to have yeah. that. Yeah. Even my dog. Yeah. Has a pelvis. Yeah, yeah and it can't be it can't be discounted, and I think you can't discount its effect on common pain issues like low back pain, which is what Carolyn spoke about today. Yeah. Yeah. Agreed. And okay. Allison. So Allison is this is your second time? This is my third. Third time. Oh, that's this right. You were here the first summit. time. Yeah. yeah. And I think like lots of people have said to you, Karen. And this is Allison Sim. This is Allison Sim. So I'm an osteopath from Australia, but I'm currently living in the USA. Um, it feels like coming to the most fun family or high school reunion or something yeah. like that. Just this delightful community of flexible thinkers. Um, I think if you were to ask me what I'd get out of the conference, I'd probably say more out of the conversations in the lunch breaks and in the evenings, just with these incredible thinkers, these really intelligent people who are, um, you know, they're kind and and caring and loving, but also intelligent and, and just incredibly flexible in their thinking. And I think that's been a lot of the topics of the talks is how do we identify our bias how, how do we think about thinking how do we review what we believe all those kind of things and that's been really quite good to um, to review I think that's been really fun so um, but uh, the speakers themselves I really love Jeff Mogul I loved Caroline and I think um, Peter O'Sullivan I'd been exposed to his material a lot by other practitioners in the past but I loved the way just just watching him work was just like was amazing. Yeah, you just watch how he. I was thinking, well, what are you going to do next? It was like watching then, a river. It was. It was, it was just just, just easily and like, yeah, sit back yeah. and watch this happen. And I picked up so much from not just his what he did and how he did it, but his language, the way he mm. would speak, and his his body language and. Uh, and how very little he did and how much emphasis he placed on asking questions and really genuinely wanting to know what the patient's story was. It was just fabulous. I I loved it. Can't recommend his stuff highly enough. So, hi, Keith. I know you're a reluctant interviewee for this, but I am persistent. And yes, you are persistent. Can can you tell people who you are and where you're from? Uh, My name is Keith Waldron. I'm a physical therapist from Syracuse, New York. Excellent. What brought you to the San Diego? Paint seven. Cupcakes. Ah, I was. I thought you were going to say plain, but so thank you <laughs> You're for, for not taking the cheap shot there. Um, is this your first time? No, it's not my first time. I was here for the inaugural summit two years ago. Mm-hmm. And you were almost here last year. I was almost here last year. Might have bugged Sarah Haig a little bit trying to figure out where you were. I, I might have because she didn't realize that I was uh, viewing from home. She kept looking for you in the room. It was great to watch. Um, and she sits in the back of the room, though. I know. Which My- 
It's intriguing that that's where she thinks she'd find me. <laughs> but but that's one of the wonderful things about this conference is you can watch from home. Indeed, you can. What was that like? Yeah, they have like it was disappointing. Yeah, the content was fantastic, but. Moments like this in an evening where we're hanging out at a fire, talking with a variety of different uh, clinicians, be they manual uh, therapists, uh, people who are more movement-based, uh, physical therapists, massage therapists, chiropractors. Uh, it's something that you can't capture just sitting at home in a chair in front of your computer with a cat on your lap. Aww. And most things can be solved by a cat on your lap, but but that interdisciplinary uh, conversation a little harder. Interspecies, maybe, but Absolutely. interdisciplinary is a little bit more and, and Twitter can't replace it. No. So in person's, in person's important. So what did you like? What was your favorite thing? If someone said, name one thing that you love the most about this year, what would it be? Uh, it would be the same thing that was the first year, and it's just the camaraderie that you get when you have an opportunity to spend time with people of like mind and uh, people who are especially eager to be a little uncertain. No, that's good. It's, but, but that's part of the, the truth to it, too, right? Is that it's a little hard to say what is exactly what I like about this because much like pain, it's multifactorial. It is. It's multidimensional and it's complex. Hmm. All those things. So is there a particular speaker that you were surprised? Um, you know, we, read, we read their names. We read their names and we, we look at what they're going to say. Is there a particular one on the on the docket this year that might have surprised you? Ironically enough, the person that surprised me the most was the one who didn't have as much time to speak because I found the uh, material that was introduced to us by uh, Beth Parnell from, uh, Darnell, excuse me, from Stanford University to be very much in, in our wheelhouse, my wheelhouse as far as, you know, the integration of you know what we're trying to do in in the field uh and uh, i look forward to her hopefully maybe presenting in greater think, detail in the future well, yeah, and i think um, that rajam is is trying to get that sorted for 2018 she is fantastic she was incredibly dynamic charismatic and she was able to really make her material something that was uh, not just applicable but understandable uh, yep so would you come back in 2018 for that? I would strongly consider coming back in 2018. Absolutely. Not stalking from the back of the room. <laughs> not stalking from the back of the room. Right up front, front row. Right up front. Excellent. All right. Thanks a lot. You're welcome. Okay. This is really fun, mostly for me, because I get to talk to all the people I might not have had the chance to chat with during the conference. How are you doing? Can you tell me who you are and where you're from? Uh, my name is Keith McCarroll, and I'm a physical therapist, and I live in uh, Eagle, Colorado. Excellent. What is, is this your first time at? No, I was Sydney here last Pace year. Um, when Keith was Not home here, on the yes. sofa with his cat? We have to keep a Keith here. <laughs> I like that. So, so it's, a, it's a very well-balanced conference where we keep the proper number of Keiths. Um, what is the, the number needed to treat to have Keiths at a conference to be able to well, have? Well, there was another one in front of us today, too. Oh, so at least two. Yeah. Okay. Um, is there anything particular about this conference that you liked or or think that people should know about? Well, I would say that there's um, a lot of people who are really at the top of their field all from all over the world, and um, they're 
a lot of very giving people who I've gotten to meet on social media over the last few years, and it's really awesome to get to meet them in in person and get to know them and learn more about what their thoughts are and, and their presentations. And, very cool. Um, anything in particular about the conference and the material itself that you were inspired by or intrigued by or thought was not what you expected? Or Well, it seemed like compared to last year, there was a lot more on the neural neurophysiology research um, by three or four presenters and a lot of it was, you know, very new to me and, you know, maybe not directly applicable in my practice today, but just really interesting and in how we're going. And, yeah. So, for example, uh, I'm going to get his name wrong and I apologize, Jeffrey Mogul? Jeffrey Mogul on the, the research on mice and then, uh, Melissa Farmer's stuff on the changing the pathways and, mm -hmm. and all that stuff. It's so was, nice to get some transitional science. Yeah, exactly, and, uh, and see how it could play into your practice at some point. Maybe yeah. it's not quite there yet, but... And I think they did a, both did a beautiful job of saying this is not quite ready for prime yeah. time, but right, this right, is right. where the research is looking at right, the moment. Right. Um, and, yeah. And then, and then also the two PTs presenting on exercise, Roderick and Ben, and just how that plays that you could use right in your practice on, on day one. Cool. Yeah. Would you recommend this to someone? Like, a, do you think anyone should have to have a certain foundational knowledge to come here, or they, they could just say, "That sounds interesting. I want to go." I think, yeah, either or. Yeah. Either or. Yeah, have, have a lot of knowledge or dip in their toe in. Yeah. Because that there were so many different perspectives that you could learn a lot. I think from that. So. Very cool. Anything that that you would like to see in the future. Just keep it going. Keep it going. More, Sean, <laughs> more, more. more. Yeah. <laughs> Excellent. Thank you yeah, much. Yeah. Hi. You've been to this conference a few times. Can you tell me who you are and why you're here? Um, Ray Allen, out of New York. Rolfer, hypnotherapist. Uh, why am I here? Ooh, that's a great question. Uh, because after 15 years, the inconsistency just got to me got under my skin um, the inconsistency of what the inconsistency of the outdated model and um, who's whose model uh, you want me to uh, just gonna go I to do the, well because people would be like what models are you talking yeah, about yeah the so, biomechanical on, tissue plasticity model just uh, you just created too many uh, it, there was just too much phenomena and uh, there was no answers besides mysticism and so when I stumbled across uh, pain science it basically made the attempt to fill in the blanks or fill in the, or explain the phenomena and I was all ears and um, because coming out of practice or coming and being in clinic you know the inconsistency of sometimes I help people sometimes I don't and sometimes I help people with no effort and sometimes with the most amount of effort I people just got worse and I, I just and it, it did not add up and so anyhow um, I think it was you know Diane Jacobs thank you Diane Jacobs and Soma Simple Simple and, and those cats and uh, when I heard that this was being presented the first year three years ago I uh, definitely jumped on it and and um, that's where I got to know all you lovely folks yeah ladies and gents it's a, it's a small world and and a lot of the people that are here I know from social media yeah um, rather mostly Twitter I live on Twitter yeah, yeah. Um, 
uh, Facebook I'm there because I have to be but um, I understand that it's all going to shift so when we try and reach people in the future and we try and reach people through Facebook or Twitter or um, groups where people talk to their communities to try and get that message of, of the hope that knowing what pain is and reconceptualizing it is where do you see this going in two or three years about how to get that message out there oh that's a great question I think that well considering our political climate right now uh, I think that it's harder than it could be but um, I think it's gonna move you know I mean when we talk about the biopsychosocial model and everyone's and not everyone I'm sorry but so many of our colleagues are doubling down on the bio, um, not understanding the importance of the psychosocial. What they will inevitably fail to argue their point or their position uh, that the biopsychosocial is merely about additive information. You know, um, and science is, I mean, you can't, what are you going to argue with science? I mean, you're going to argue with evidence? I mean, yeah, no, nothing's perfect, right? But it's, um, when you double, when you, when you basically invest all of your reality in naive, naive realism, which is basically you only believe what you see, feel, or hear, here, this conference helps to bring together a bunch of people from different professions yeah. and different perspectives. Yeah. Um, where do I where see? Where do you see it going? Where, what direction? Oh, where do I see it going? Yeah, where do we see this going? See, I only see struggle. Uh, now, so we're going to look at the we're going to look at hope and growth. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. That's going to be great. <laughs> well, I think. <laughs> where do I see it going? Well, this conference. Oh, this conference. Yeah. Oh my God. So that's so, hard to say because we're such a small. I mean, really. So keeping it small, keeping the the ability to talk to people in the hall. Well, I, I actually the, the hall, the hall, the, look at me. hall. The, the ability to talk to people outside of the conference to have talks in the evening or a break or over lunch about how to apply this information. Oh, oh. Uh, so yeah, there's several. There's several. Well, there's several ways we can talk about this, right? So we can talk about the creativity, the direction that that our inner group is really. I don't know what to do myself. The creativity that that is that is forming out of, of our group, um, but and then there's the question: Where do I see this going in the pop in the world's population in rehab and yeah, to, to try and bring have an effect? Um, yeah, to, to get people less catastrophizing, to bring Peter O'Sullivan and Carolyn Van Dyken's work of the conference into trying to help people be less concerned and more confident yeah. so that they move more easily. Do you think that, that a conference like this where we bring interdisciplinary people together is able to move beyond the conference to try and change public perception? Oh, absolutely. And I think that's, you know, that's... Uh, I mean, you can see that in our social media efforts, right? I mean, um, I know that, you know, I'm an admin for, I started and, and I'm the admin, the primary admin for the Explaining Pain Science, uh, Bronnie Thompson and um, Monica Noy, the osteopath out of Canada, and you have the Naked, you have Paul, and you have uh, Joletta, the beautiful Joletta. I mean, our group alone in the last year has grown like 2,000 members just on the page alone. So. 
it's it's moving fast and I know that I am always getting private messaged from young pain science thinkers um, but I think we're having I think we're making a dent I think things are moving uh, quickly as quick so, as you and I would wish so, no so here's one of the questions that I ask all my patients is that um, you know what is what does better mean to you and how will you know when you're there um, oh, so man. what would better be? And how would we be able to mark that or measure it for spreading the accuracy um, about what a, a reconceptualization of pain might be and uh, self-efficacy about how people can take care of themselves and they're not fragile? I, th I, I think the answer is um, multi-layered. Yeah. I mean, you can you can answer it. There there are so many layers, right? I mean, you can answer it on an individualistic uh, individual level. A level, or on a cultural level. Let's uh, pick. Let's pick cultural. Okay. All week he said I won't share. Well, we have so many things working against us, right? I mean, we're positive. You, yeah. Positive and growth. Positive and growth. Um, What's two things that people could leave this conference at? And I'm such a, I'm such a negative Nancy. Right. What's two things that people could leave this conference with and make a difference in their community? Oh, hope. Yeah. Well, I. We have. On our side, we have facts, we have evidence, we can tie together all the dimensions of the human, the, the personhood of someone, and we can, in, in doing so, we can relate to someone, we can give them, our patients, people that are suffering, a witness. They so we could, we could get someone that was at this conference to go back to their community and, and give hope to their patients, what I hear you saying, and, and help them feel a little less fragile and, and make a difference in the, the concept that, that if they hurt, they're okay. Yeah. And that by the more people that we can get doing that, the less cultural fear there might be about pain. Yeah, we do have quite a, uh, the work ahead of us is to help someone become more resilient, uh, you know, and, which is the opposite of what you and I and the American culture and the Western culture is, is teaching. But I think it's um, teaching people to be more resilient. Yeah. Absolutely, and giving them credible evidence. Yeah, and not, I'm totally not, leading you with this. Yeah, you not not sweating pain. I mean, pain is a part of life, right? And it's unfortunately, our culture is telling us to seek out pleasure, as you know, con with consumerism, to uh, that we can buy our way out of this uh, discomfort. Rather than and that's a little hard work, and it's yeah. Hard. That's so. Do you think it's a hopeful message? Oh yeah, no, I think it's hopeful. Um, then I have one other question for you. Would you recommend that people in any profession working with with individuals in pain come to this conference? Oh, I mean, come on, that's without question. That, I mean, that, that that goes without. We haven't had any doctors here. Do you think a physician would would find a home here or be feel like there wasn't any information for them? No, no, there were lots of information, lots of cognitive dissonance. I think that with a lot of us, oh man, you're asking such big questions, you know. Um, I am, because I'm going to, yeah. I, I, I want to move this a little bit forward. I think that what yeah. this conference no. has the ability to do is be something yeah, not. We have, we have, we have, uh, yeah. we have people on the, we have boots on the ground that have shown up to this workshop, personal trainers, you know, the chiropractors, the osteopaths, we have them all. And um, who's not, we have the psychologists, psychiatrists. What we don't have are physicians. 
So let's let's aim for a couple of those. We'll all just yeah. Let's you know, let's bring them in. Bring a, bring a friend. Uh, <laughs> all right. Thanks, Ray. <laughs> let's just network that. All right. So I'm Sarah Haig, and I am one half of Entropy Physiotherapy and Wellness in Chicago. Uh, my biggest takeaway from San Diego Pain Summit 2017, I would say that that one, what I really loved about the conference is there definitely was a theme of how to how to look at research, that the research is important, but that also um, it's it's about communication. It's not about anyone being better than anyone else. It's about treating people like people and improving your communications even if you're disagreeing. Uh, but honestly, it's this for me is like a huge family reunion. It's a huge confirmation bias for me to be around people who of various professions who are trying to do better for the people they're caring for. And and you're definitely not the first person to say that. That is definitely a recurring theme, and everyone kind of uses the same uh, wording in that it feels like a big family reunion. And I think that's a credit to Rajam and the skill that she has in putting this together and getting the right people in the room at the right time. Absolutely, and what's really exciting, I think, is that we were able to have a chat with Rajam and just think about how we can do more, more often together. So supporting each other, working together, having more, better education available to people who want it. So again, nothing exclusionary as far as like this profession or that, but really just better information on pain and how to help people. Yeah, and and again, you're certainly not alone in saying that the biggest takeaway being communication. And I think I've heard that. Now, I didn't see, I did not make it for Peter O'Sullivan's um, keynote. But I'm looking forward to hearing him in a couple days. But um, it seems like from his talk all the way down to the ending roundtable tonight that it was certainly a common theme. And so why do you think that that needs to be brought up amongst health professionals? And that is the communication, whether it be with your patients or with a colleague. Why do you think that that needs to be something that we as a profession, and we can say as PTs, we're both PTs, that why does that even need to be addressed? Like, shouldn't that be something that we're already doing? It, you know, it should be, but I think it's never emphasized. Um, part of it is is that you can't bill for it um, to, to, to go super direct. The, the problem, in my opinion, is that as PTs specifically, we bill by doing things to people. But all of the evidence is showing it actually doesn't really matter what we do to people. It's honestly how we how we make them feel, meaning empowered, independent, confident, and um, and strong. So that's really where where we need to get away from. These are the techniques I need to know, and take a step back and go, how can I really help this person best? And like I said, most of the evidence is pointing to being able to communicate, not just what you think needs to happen, but being able to listen to what they are telling you they need to have done. Right, so so maybe taking a step back from look at all the tools I have in my toolbox yeah. and instead say, look at how well I was able to connect with my patient and that's because of my communication skills and it's because of my care for this patient versus I can do X, Y, and Z. I, I think that, but I'd even say one one step further to like to be able to step back and go, holy cow, I would have never imagined my patient could accomplish that, but because they told me that's what they wanted, 
and and they were able to, to, to tell me what they felt their barriers were, I was very efficiently and effectively able to help them meet the, you know, get up to that barrier, hop over it, break it down, um, and, and really get to the ultimate goal that, that I think previously would have been told to them by a healthcare provider that they should not do that. It would be unsafe. It would be bad. They would never get better. Um, but we have even less evidence for that. When we tell people they can't get better, we have no evidence that's true. Yet people say it. And and so what would you say to someone who's on the fence about coming to the San Diego Pain Summit? To come. For the love of God, come. Um, it's it's really interesting. It's, a, it's usually an eclectic bunch of speakers. Uh, some of them are people that I've heard. Some of them are people that I've not heard of. But then all of a sudden they're family. And you get different viewpoints from different professions coming from different places in the world. But the world is still the world of trying to help. So it's it's different facets of the same of the same thing, and it's just really exciting to get those viewpoints. Perfect. I'm Bruce Martell. I'm from Victoria, BC, Canada, and I'm a massage therapist. I came down with uh, a few other massage therapists and some other types of therapists. And uh, this is my second year here, and both years that I've been here, I've felt that. Uh, the, the biggest thing for me, the biggest thing that I took away is that uh, the people that I met and the networking that has come out of it, because I've really met a lot of really cool people, and it's tough to do, uh, it's, it's tough to meet like-minded people in this industry wherever you go, um, and I'm pretty lucky that I have a few uh, folks in Victoria that I can hobnob with, but being down here, I, I've been able to network with people from all over the country and uh, the continent, really, and elsewhere. Um, so, and was there was there any one of the lectures over yeah. the past couple of actually days yeah that really stands out for you as being yeah they were special. all really good I re I really thought they were awesome um, but uh, I think because uh, uh, Jonathan Fass's lecture really stood out for me because he talked about things that I, I we don't I don't usually hear about you know but I spend a fair amount of time on social media and I have had uh, it's almost like I, I watch these threads and I think like uh, who says this stuff yeah why do people get so into this like why do they get so involved and, and like I'm kind of like I don't really get involved but I watch it and I can't look away because it's like a bad car wreck or yeah, something yeah, yeah. you know but uh, and, and he, he came from a place where he was relating his own experiences you know and uh, well he was very charismatic as well yeah. and uh, very engaging and, and just a little background on Jonathan's talk so Jonathan spoke about how to communicate effectively with colleagues and and with patients and how to engage in a conversation without it escalating into uh, an argument, I yeah. guess would be the best way to describe that, Yeah, like that, who right? wants to be the biggest asshole in the room? He right. said, if you go around pounding people's opinions down, you're going to be an asshole, even if you are right. Do you want to be right? Is that the most important thing for right. you? Right. No, it's not. It really resonated with me because I, I, I feel like I've always kind of approached things like that. Um, 
approach things as you're the one ramming it down. Well, no, throats. no, not at all. I wasn't like I wasn't a troll like Jonathan. Uh, so I, I was always the nice guy, but I don't usually pipe up either. I'm really right. quiet. Uh, but he 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 just uh, he approached it from a very uh, personal space. Like I could tell that like he's had a transformation. Yeah, you can yeah. tell engaging because he he spoke from the heart yeah so it was wonderful and I think it's interesting because in this day and age of social media and people actually turning to social media to get their knowledge if there was no social media I wouldn't be here and I wouldn't I wouldn't know anything about pain science that's true and I I basically spend like probably an hour every night just trolling the the forums and looking at yeah yeah. and looking at uh, cool articles and stuff that I would have never found before I had no idea how to do this right and I think it's important to note that when you're having these conversations or debates on social media that you want to make sure and this is something that I feel like was pounded into all of our heads today was that you want to make sure that you're representing yourself the way you want to be perceived yeah and like Jonathan said hey listen if you want to be that guy who's the asshole go for it just be true to yourself you know it's so wonderful because we're in a group here and that was kind of a theme this weekend you know and so everybody sort of takes this attitude and you kind of feel like we're on a higher ground you know like we're kind of like we're not going to be assholes we're just this tiny little secular group that's growing but I feel like we have something here that maybe a lot of other groups don't have like we're kind of all on the same page and no one wants to be an asshole we just want and, to get the word out. Everyone wants to. You want to have an open mind and an open heart, and you're you want to be there to learn. Exactly the open heart thing. I really felt like Jonathan had an open heart today when yeah. he was talking. You know, like I really felt like that was not bullshit. Like he does yeah. not want to be an asshole, and that was a beautiful message yeah. to take home. That was a big message. I agree. Well, thank you so much. Yeah, you're welcome. Thanks for having me. Great. Thank you for listening and please subscribe to the podcast at podcast.healthywealthysmart.com. And don't forget to follow us on social media.